Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to the Miss Independence podcast. Today, we are going to continue our conversation about the types of support an individual with chronic illness and other individuals who support that individual with a chronic illness or disability are going to need it for their toolbox. And I'm really excited because I get to have my aunt, Yvette, uh, talk to you today about the importance of tangible support. So from our last episode, we talked about tangible support in the sense that it is the act of goods and services or that physical component of providing help to another individual. And in this specific instance, it would be an individual with a disability or chronic illness. So it just makes it that much more important. So to start off, I think that uh, I'm going to have my Annie Vick kind of introduce herself and her background. And talk about um, her experience with tangible support uh, before we dive into the questions. Okay, well thanks for having me, Abs. Yeah. It's so good to be on your podcast and be your first guest. I'm so excited. Um, so congratulations on your podcast. Well, thank you. I'm excited to have you on. Yeah. How many followers do you have right now? Um, so actually, on Instagram, we have about 220 or 210. And on TikTok, we have about 160, I think. Wow. So, and on Facebook, uh, we have about 25. But um, it's going good. I'm excited. I think it's been really, it's been fun for me to be able to have this platform and really start that conversation for individuals uh, uh, with chronic illness or uh, disability to have a voice and to be seen and heard. So, right, right. It's been amazing. Yeah, good. Okay, so my background, as you know, I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for around 33 years. And of course, being a nurse is just automatically giving tangible services to anybody who's sick, uh, not just, um, you know, one with chronic disability. So it's been uh, a journey and um, uh, uh, it's been fun and learning. I always am changing and becoming a better person because I am a nurse and it humbles me uh, in that I really am thankful for my health and my mental capacities um, and feel very blessed. So tangible acts of service is something that does come naturally to me. I kind of compare it to those five love languages. And for me, service is my love language that I like to receive. And, um, and therefore, I also like to give it. Uh, and um, so I'm constantly giving and servicing other people, uh, cleaning the house, cooking, uh, doing other people's wash. To me, that is all my way of saying I love you. So, um, so it comes naturally to me. And we've also talked about, I know you and I have had conversations about the six basic human needs. Uh, and we talked about contribution being like one of your, one of both of our highest needs too. Yes. So that kind of wraps into the whole access service thing. And we will talk about the six basic human needs in a future episode. But basically there's, uh, for each individual human, there's uh, six basic needs that we need in order to feel like we belong in society and in this world. Uh, but more on that in a different episode. Back to uh, tangible support. Um, thank you for providing our background. That must be like really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and being a you know being able to be a nurse and like start out and then like kind of move up. I'm sure that's been really rewarding. I can start. 
Well, I want to kind of dive into some more questions, if that's okay with you. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, where do you, uh, what's it been like to have me here for the, every day for the past few months? Because I've, I've been staying with my Annie Bet since May. So it's been about three, three, almost three months. Yeah, coming on three months. Huh? I know. <laughs> Time goes, yeah. It does go by fast. Yes. Um, Especially when you're around people you like. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes. Yes. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's been mm. fun having you around every day and um, just learning to get to know you because as you know I um, have only really got to know you through vacationing and uh, coming to Montana so uh, for you to come all the way out here from Montana and be in my home with our family mm-hmm. has been really fun and I, I think that you've um, been able to really get to know your cousins mm. and um, yeah it's been good. It's been so much fun. I like being around Quincy and Marcus and even just watching them interact. Um, <laughs> she knows what, or I know why she's laughing. It's pretty funny. But um, it's fun to see how other siblings interact and you don't feel as crazy. Right. You know. Right. Um, I think from, um, you know, being around you and learning mm-hmm. your disability has mm-hmm. been, you know, really eye-opening because <clears throat> I didn't know um, a lot and you did teach me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, um, and getting to know and how to how you've lived with your disability has been really amazing. It makes me really appreciate all your hardships and mm-hmm. that you have to go through every day just to um, just to um, do it, and then right. to do it with such a smile as well. You know, right. you're very positive, mm-hmm. very very positive. I try, <laughs> yeah. um, and that goes back to those three key words: the resilience and the family oriented and the. Uh, and the yeah, service. Um, what does offering tangible support mean to you and personally in terms of how you would want to be perceived by others? Mm-hmm. Well, tangible support is the doing, you know, like we just discussed. Mm-hmm. It's the helping you every day, organize your day, giving you a list to do, um, helping you with that list and conversations, helping you with, you know, shopping and food cooking and cleaning dishes and loading the dishwasher and it's just really working by your side to um you know prompt and redirect and um and then then there's things that learning what you can be independent on Mm -hmm. that I don't need to have oversight on so that's just a learning process but to me that's Mm -hmm. what the tangible part of it is is to just so you can make it through your day and we've discussed this that you make it through your day and not feel like you're burdening me by right. asking for help. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about that when you first got out here, that um, that uh, you shouldn't have to say you're sorry when you're asking <laughs> for help based on your disability. Right. And you've gotten so much better on that. Oh. Because I think, you know, um, mm-hmm. you finally have realized that you don't have to apologize for your disability. It's right. just part of... Abby. Uh, Abby. Yeah. Right. right. And um, it's... Um, and, and so I think that um, that's been a good learning lesson for you and um, one that I hope I helped you on. Oh, yes, very much so. Um, we also just are learning how to communicate, too. I think that even if you have um, pra- or like kind of semi-practice all these skills, like um, not being defensive or asking for help or whatever it is, when you get into your new environment, um, it, you have to kind of relearn all those skills. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that I take away home for, take home away take away for you guys is that don't get frustrated with yourself if you find yourself in a new environment and you have to relearn some skills because the the skills might be the same but the environment's different and 
you're interacting with somebody who isn't used to you. So right, exactly. It's different. Yeah, uh, communication's so important. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just having an open dialogue. Um, yeah, I, ca- I mean, we kind of talked about your background, but where do you think, I guess, going back to your childhood, where do you get your uh, sense of access service from? Right. <clears throat> well, I don't think I got it in any one uh, place. I think that we're all born with a gift and an act... Um, you know, so my gift was access service, if you will, and uh, it just was something that developed in me naturally. I know that when I was young, I really liked to go retrieve things and get it for people. Or like, for example, when we were at church, I was the one that always, you know, cleaned the pews up or, you know, put the Bibles away mm-hmm. and um, just that was how I knew that I was helping other people. Right. So it was just something that was part of my personality. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really define it till, you know, adult world and right. figuring out what my gifts are that God's mm-hmm. given me and mm-hmm. how I can develop them and use them for, um, other people. Right. And probably a little bit of your career too. Well, your career probably was I know based off of, yeah, yeah. it was just sort of a natural progression of mm-hmm. service. Um, I uh, really um, thought I wanted to be a, well, in those days we called them stewardesses. Oh, oh the flight attendants? <laughs> flight attendants. <laughs> really? You know, that was my real dream. But, oh. No, um, but I uh, uh, yeah. gravitated to nursing, and I'm so mm-hmm. glad that I did. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. I did not, I never knew that stewardess story. I want to hear more about that. That's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so I guess overall, kind of like we kind of talked a little bit about it, but what have been some of the challenges, I guess, of having me here and kind of navigating my disability? Um, I know we've had conversations about it, but just, you know, right. For and this I think podcast. this is, um, you know, so true for <clears throat> any caregiver. It <clears throat> is, is 24 7. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in itself has been the biggest challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that, um, in any way in my, um, like, let me just retract that, that it, it has been a challenge, but it's also been a pleasure. Right. Um, but it can be a challenge in the 24 seven aspect because, mm-hmm. uh, when you're, um, you know, you and I have been together night and day. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and so it's not just that I'm responsible and helpful to you in your, mm-hmm. in your, um, environment to help you, you know, cook and right. feed and, um, dress and you know do all those things right but then it's also the social aspect mm-hmm. and uh you know taking responsibility for that mm-hmm. and you know um and and we've talked about this how it's kind of funny because I'm I'm sort of in a your grandma in a way right. yeah <laughs> and you're a very extra per, extroverted person and very so we energetic um, yes and very energetic and wants to be going all the time so, yeah. um, you and I have had to, uh, adapt to each other in that I've kind right. of come a little bit to the middle and you've come a little bit to mm-hmm. the middle and I feel like we're just now getting our groove, Yes, but, sure. um, but that's been a little bit of a challenge, but I think overall it's made me really appreciate, you know, how much your mom has done over the mm-hmm. last several years, just taking on that full responsibility and your family right. you know, when they, when they're around you, but you know, mostly your mom's your caregiver mm-hmm. in, um, in, you know, providing you with that support. But, um, so it's the, it's the 24 seven. Right. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's very true. Um, also learning how to like handle conflict. I know, um, you know, just c- 
coming, you know, just in general, like learning how to communicate through conflict is pretty good. What have you learned? Um, that every well, everyone communicates differently, and mm-hmm. um, not to be so um, what, n- kind of learning how to communicate as a group instead of like going to like a specific person. It's like really important because you, when you have a disability or a chronic illness, you want to make sure everyone in your group is kind of getting the same information. Mm-hmm. So just kind of navigating how to redirect that source so we can all uh, be on the same page about things. It's been fun. Yeah. Fun. I don't know if it's been fun, but it's been uh, a learning experience. Right. And mm-hmm. just to give your listeners a little bit more scope in that mm-hmm. is that um, Air, you know, Abby, you have a large mm-hmm. team of people around right. you that we would call a support system, mm-hmm. um, who all take a very active interest in your life right? and, um, and, and learning how to communicate with everybody so that mm-hmm. everybody's hearing the same thing right? to help you navigate your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, learning how to develop that communication. And then the other thing is, is, um, and we just talked about this a little bit earlier, but not to be, um, I mean, any way slighted or defensive mm. around um, uh, feedback or interference. That right. you know, not taking it as interference, but taking it as a well, mm. they just want to help. Right, you know, exactly. they're just looking out for you. Right. And um, and really, you know, absorbing that um, everybody has your best interest, mm-hmm. and um, and and that's been, I think, an important lesson that we've talked about too. Yes, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's it's neat how you can like go to a new go to a new environment and learn all these new things. Um, what have you learned about both you and me in this process? Okay, well, I've learned that. Um, that uh, going to work and coming home mm-hmm. and being a caregiver of a person with a disability is um, mm-hmm. a lot of work. Yeah. And uh, I've learned then that um, people, when, when you know, in my line of work, I hear people all the time say, I just need a break. I need a little bit of a break. Right. And so um, if any advice I could give to any of your listeners is to take your breaks when you can. Right. And make sure they're planned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've learned, you know, yes, yes, I did. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned from you to, um, you know, uh, how to be positive. Oh. I'm, I'm not naturally a positive person. Um, so I'm a little bit more of an introvert and right. you're an extrovert. Right, right. Uh, and to an extreme. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, very extroverted. But, uh, yes. I've learned how to, um, how to, uh, be around people and mm-hmm. smile and look at things in a very uh, positive way. So you've brightened mm-hmm. my days a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I think like being out here and seeing how you interact because I um I volunteer at uh, where my aunt works and just seeing how she interacts with people professionally has just been really rewarding because they really respect you and um I. Oh, just learned a lot, you know, about being professional and about communication. Uh-huh. So like and um. Yeah, kind of just like... Got to hit the problems head on. Exactly, yes. <laughs> a lot about, like I said, a lot about conflict management here. Uh-huh. So, and I just, again, want to thank you for being super incredibly supportive. So, oh, yeah. it's been so much fun. It has been. I'm looking for... Oh, uh, uh. oh, I'm sorry mm. about that little drop. Um, yeah, it has been fun, and I'm 
looking forward to you coming out next summer. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's going to be amazing. Um, and then last but not least for this part, um, how do you think, we talked about how your career talks about tangible support. Mm -hmm. um, how is this, how is providing personal tangible support different from professional tangible support? Yeah. Um, I don't think there really is a difference. Mm -hmm. Service is service. It's really... Right. Um, identifying the needs and um, the solutions to meet those needs. So even as a nurse at the bedside or in my job now as a, as a, a boss of nurses, so to speak, right. um, it's really you know trying to find a solution to the needs of the employee or the needs of the patient. Mm -hmm. And so when I come here, if there's a problem that we're talking about, because you and I talk a lot, right. um, you know, trying to identify solutions for you mm -hmm. um, and working with you to um, move through and help to navigate sticky type of situations mm -hmm. or um, helping you learn to ask the right questions, um, mm -hmm. you know, not, learn not, but asking more questions, right. being more informed. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so I think it's just really, again, it's not whether it's at work or at home, but it's, mm -hmm. it's as tangible that's just who I am as a person. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Well, I think in our next segment, we're going to talk about caregiver burnout. So, Okay, good. Sweet. That's a good, that's a good subject. Yes. So this one's... Oh. So in this segment, we're going to be talking about caregiver burnout. I think caregiver burnout is really important to, to talk about, especially when you're talking about support, because it really kind of goes hand in hand with all kinds of support, whether that be the tangible support that we're talking about today, or emotional support, or esteem support. It really is all about uh, the caregiver being able to provide adequate support uh, continuously, because like you said, it's a 24-7 responsibility right. uh, so I I think that talking about caregiver burnout and ways to address it is really vital to this part of the conversation so I kind of just wanted to invite invite my aunt to talk about ways in which she kind of takes care of herself so that she's able to be there for others as well as tips she has for other caregivers who might be listening to this episode um, so I'm just gonna kind of yeah what are your initial thoughts well, sure. I mean, caregiver burnout is a uh, hot topic in the healthcare industry, uh, not just nurses, but physicians. And actually, you know, all clinical caregivers are very burned out. Um, compassion fatigue is another word for it. It's kind of the new language now. But over the 30 years, it's had different titles, but it's really the same thing, which is I'm tired and I don't know if I can get up and do this again another day. Right. And um, so for me, how I've done that um, and, and uh, um, met the challenge is uh, making a decision that this is what I want to do. I think it was probably about 18, 19 years ago, I had real compassion fatigue. And one of my colleagues just looked at me and said, is it time for you to get out of the industry? And I thought about that for a long period of time and thought, mm, no, but what am I going to do to make sure that I can keep going another day? And so, you know, that I think it was at that time that I really just uh, started um, going to church again. And that really helped me uh, identify a relationship with God. And, uh, um, and then I also um, kept my physical 
uh, training up and going to the gym. And then I'm an introvert, so I need rest. I need rest away from people. So I took real responsibility to um, be by myself and be okay with it. And um, so I picked up gardening and potting flowers and taking care of that. And that just was my alone time. So just really understanding that that's how I recharge myself is by being alone. And, um, and then that, you know, just by doing those things, then it, it makes me be able to get up and do another day. So I feel like even with um, the caretakers that take care of chronically disabled people, um, they actually have caregiver fatigue as well. And, um, and that would be, um, you know, like in your case, your mom, right? right? Your mom, um, I just imagine the caregiver fatigue that she has after 27 years, and it really makes me appreciate um, all of her sacrifices. And mm -hmm. I really hope, you know, that now that you've come away from your house for a little bit of time, yeah. and you can do it, it's right. going to be okay. Right. I hope that um, we can give your mom a break every year, and um, mm -hmm. you can go on your spring break vacations. Right. And she can have a little bit of uh, relaxing time herself. Right. Yeah. So, That's um, very yeah. important. Mm -hmm. And just recognizing when you need it too, and not being afraid to ask for help. Right. Yeah. Not being afraid, and but also, um, it's, I, I would say if I could, it's not so much your mom asking for help mm -hmm. or caregivers um, who are responsible twenty four seven. Right. It's more the um, the very complicated relationship between the parent and the child. Right. And feeling um, a lot of anxiety of letting somebody else do it, mm -hmm. and um, and, and, and trusting that and. Uh, course in your case you're so capable in many right. ways because you have you're verbal and you can talk and mm -hmm. you know um uh, somewhat and, advocate for and it. advocate for yourself right feed yourself etc mm -hmm. so right but imagine um you know and that's still complicated right so right. Um, yeah imagine if like you had a disability where you couldn't communicate right or you know you relied more heavily for like the tangible support like your uh hygiene needs or Yes. Anyone, you know, actually feeding yourself. Right. So it'd be even um, more difficult for those 24-7 caregivers mm -hmm. to be able to even have this conversation of saying, well, um, I am fatigued and I need help. Right. Because of that complicated relationship we just talked about. So, right. But yes, it's a very real thing. Very, very real thing that um, has to be talked about and planned for. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you rely? Uh, I know you talked about refilling your chart or refilling your cup or uh, uh -huh. recharging. Uh, but do you ever? What kind of support would you, as a caregiver, need uh, from others? Uh, what kind of support would you look for? Like if you had to like turn to somebody. Um, I know that like you've had informational support through like my siblings providing information uh -huh. about my disability, or you know, our, we have another aunt in um, back home mm -hmm. who's been kind of like helping out. Um, and she, you know, she's been kind of like helping you navigate having me down here right. to some extent. So yeah, just kind of like, how do you, I guess, find your own support as a caregiver? Well, I think everything you just said, you mm -hmm. know, um, you have a cousin here that, um, has, uh, taken a few weeks and, uh, had you with her right. so that I could have a break. Yeah. Um, like we just coming home, um, you know, from our home in, um, up North and, right. Uh, so I had a lot of alone time. Mm -hmm. I actually got in the car yesterday and went yeah. shopping by myself for yeah. four hours. I just said, yeah. I need to leave. Yeah. And my support system said, okay, go. Mm -hmm. And we, we've got abs. Yeah. So, and they, um, and they entertain you. And they entertain you. Yeah. And, um, so I have, um, thankfully I have a really good support system here between, you know, my husband and the, and your cousins that, mm -hmm. um, 
recognize that uh, I need a break. Right. And like, for example, um, my husband will be coming down next week here. Right. And he'll be here with you so that I can have a break mm-hmm. as well. So right. it takes a team. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it, takes a, it takes a team to provide uh, the caregiving that you need. Right. And I think when we look at lessons learned, um, I would say that mm-hmm. is another lesson that you've learned since right. you've been down here. Is that it? You that can't. You can't just go back to one person doing this. Right. It, it's not sustainable. Sustainable. It is not. Uh, it is not sustainable over a long period of time because That's of correct. because of the caregiver burnout. And the, one of the things that like we've been talking about um, is everyone, like we've talked about, every person has their own weaknesses and strengths. That's true with caregivers too. Like not one caregiver can have everything you need. Yeah. Prote- I mean, That's a great potentially. Way it. So, you know, I have my, I myself have five siblings and then two stepbrothers and two stepsisters and for basically four parents along with a lot of yeah, aunts, uncles and cousins. <laughs> so I have a big family in order to provide support to me. Um, and I understand that not everyone has that. Sometimes it is just the individual with a disability and their one person that they know. So what advice I guess my advice to the people, to the listeners that don't have as big a network as you is to ask for it. Right. You know, like to reach out to you, that second cousin. Right. <laughs> or to the... Your neighbor. Or to your neighbor or to your church community and ask for help. Right. And, and ask yeah. if anybody else knows of anybody. Like it doesn't have to be just people you know. It could be people you know who know others. Right. And then like you can expand your group. Because I think that that's the most important thing too is like... Uh, Unfortunately, in times of COVID, that might not be as possible or plausible, but um, being able to meet new people and share your experiences and obviously not trust everyone, but be able to find ways in order, order to problem solve so you can expand your network. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. But um, I just think that's very vital. Um and I, yeah, and like I said, planning is also really important. Uh, I think that lastly, planning is really important too because it talks. Uh, it really helps having everyone involved in the conversation. Uh, I know that like we've had to like kind of change our communication style as a family in order to like make this work. And so uh, having everyone involved in the conversation is going to be vital so that people aren't missing on things or you don't just go to one person. Or um, you don't just, like, go to one person for everything. Right. Uh, so having an open-minded conversation, uh, we've definitely implemented some new techniques and um, systems of communication down here, which has been amazing. Um, so, yeah, that's it's just really all kind of, I think, um, trial trial and error, right? That's the right. Trial and error. My, one of my, um, what I say at work all the time, too, is let's just throw everything we can put the kitchen sink in there and see what comes out right Right. I mean you just have to keep trying right because certainly some of the things that your aunt and I have tried uh have not worked right but we were open to feedback and did another try right right? yeah got it got it right right so yeah um it's just it's just keep trying keep trying throw something out throw a different solution out and figure it out and and keep moving forward yeah don't give up that comes back to that resilience piece, I think, too. Yes, we are. Um, so it's definitely really important to be able to... Did you talk about your three core Oh, words? Oh, I yeah. have not. Okay, so actually, we could end on this note because I think that, um, yeah, we can talk about um, 
Because we talked about communication. I, I just looked at all my bullet points. I think that that's a really good no, no well, time. Yeah. So yeah. So when we talk about, um, you know, what what are you capable of? And we talked about your voice. Right. We had also um, Abby and I had a long conversation about everybody has three core words um, that drive them and motivate them in life. Not just pro- professionally, but not personally. just professionally, or, but but they're they're your core words, and they're mm-hmm. the words that you live every day and then they're the words that also trigger you every day if they're not met right so for abby we discovered your three words are resilience and um family oriented and uh giving oh yeah because we talked about the high comfort yes i'm a very big giver and we also talked about how sometimes our biggest strengths can be our weaknesses as well yeah it's a double-edged sword um so again like i'm not i i'm a giver and I don't like to say no to people, and I don't like telling people to, unless I'm, like, really upset about something. Because sometimes I will have that happen, uh, depending on who it's with. Uh, you know, I can be a little bit edgy, but uh, for the most part, I don't really enjoy conflict. So, um, I'm a giver, and I don't like to say no, and I like to make people happy. That's the other thing. That was the big thing. Yes. Is that you're a giver, and that words of affirmation is part of that giving and you like to um, receive that so when you're not getting it you get conflict or you get um, upset right um, and so we, we had lots of good discussion around it but anyway what I'm saying I guess what I'm trying to say is for your viewers I feel like um, or your listeners um, you know those three core words are really important because then if you're in conflict with yourself you have to go back and say well what what word is I'm really in conflict with and how can I find a solution? So my three words are family, um, justice, and fairness. Oh, okay. like when I see people not being treated fairly, I get really, really mad. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to be an advocate for them. So, um, so yes. um, uh, Anyway, everybody has them and they're very helpful. I find it very helpful to go back and look at those every single day and figure out how to how to live with them yeah I just think it's really important too because they're kind of like your own personal themes so like you said it can be in your personal and professional realm and it really kind of just helps guide you in your life and to make the best decisions for you and your family right exactly and even like with a disability and stuff like it really can you can go back to it when you're like oh I'm not good at this or I'm not good at that but when you look at your three core words you can really define avenues that could be potentially successful for you right so like this podcast I know that I'm very good at um resilience and like support um talking you know um so I would um I'm trying to think of which word that would go with because I have resilience uh family oriented and giving giving. so at the giving yeah Yeah. this would be like a type of giving where I'm like trying to provide support for you guys Right. as listeners um so it really I, I will say this has been filling my bucket I've been kind of um sad that I haven't had any new episodes in the last few weeks uh, you better get on it I know I know <laughs> I was trying I didn't batch record anything this week but um I think that I kind of have a game plan going forward for the um rest of these episodes on types of support and I have a few other ideas Great. um and I may or may not have an interview lined up with an organization so more news on that good um so I'm pretty excited about that. But yeah, just to kind of a little bit of a wrap up, um, you know, 
providing support, what providing support or receiving support is uh, communication is really important. Keeping the line of communication. Also, we also didn't talk about this, but you and I have had conversations about communication with my team members back home. Yeah. Like you have been brought on board and kind of brought up to speed about uh, what my life and my situations and like the programs I'm involved in, um, and like been going and talking on the phone and answering questions for them about what you've seen. So it's also not just a personal realm or in your personal realm, but like your social worker, your doctors. Uh, really just everyone just needs to be on the same team and really work past that conflict yeah um so yeah so i think communication is really important and really just kind of the caregiver burnout and uh when providing tangible support is something to be on top of um and not to be reactive about it but to be proactive too yep that's a great final line yes well thank you and thank you guys for listening and i'm so excited um in the comments below just kind of talk about what you Uh, felt like you gained from today's episode and I'm excited to talk to you guys next week. Have a good day.